This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. We mourn this week the passing of Nathan Glazer, who died on January 19th at the grand old age of 95. Uh, Nathan was a professor of education and sociology at Harvard University, and he was also somebody who was very important to Education Next, for in its early days, he was the principal reviewer of books that were reviewed by the journal. And over 30 book reviews were written him over the course of a decade beginning in 2004. But of course, he had a long pedigree long before he got to Education Next. Uh, it goes way back to 1950 when he, along with David Reisman and Rule Denny, was the author of an enormously influential book, The Lonely Crowd. And uh, people were concerned about the mass society back in those days. And uh, in this book, The Lonely Crowd, there is a discussion of uh, how we have now in this uh, period of great wealth, people thought they were rich back there in 1950. Um, We have a consumerist mentality, a mass society that has created anonymous people who were other-directed. That is constantly trying to please others rather than being interdirected with a sense of their own life purpose. And, and these concepts, other-directed and interdirected, have entered into the common language of, uh, of today. So uh, that was one of his first contributions. But in, in my view, my personal view, uh, his other book, his other early book, Beyond the Melting Pot, published in 1963, uh, was really Glazer's own voice, because here he's the senior author, though he wrote the book with uh, a young Daniel Patrick Moynihan. Uh, in, in some ways, the Beyond the Melting Pot seems almost the antithesis of uh, The Lonely Crowd, because in this book, uh, Glazer talks about the rich set of cultural identities being preserved in New York City in the communities of the Irish, the Italians, Jews, African Americans, and Puerto Ricans. So when he comes to Education Next many years later, he's exploring these themes of cultural identity, multiculturalism, and pluralism. And he crafts a pragmatic perspective that neither denounces nor celebrates American culture, but simply tries to understand its continuing evolution. Well, today I'm fortunate to have with me Peter Scarry, who's a professor of political science at Boston College and a close personal friend of Nathan Glazer, who himself has written on ethnic identities in the American context, both in his prize-winning book on Mexican-American politics and in his most recent writings on the Muslim community. So, Peter, thank you for joining me on the Education Exchange. Pleasure to be with you today, uh, Paul, and especially on, on the occasion to talk about Matt Glazer. Well, please tell me a little bit more about how you knew. I know you knew him well, so uh, when did this uh, relationship begin, and, and how did you know him? Well, um, I first met him as a graduate student at the Harvard Graduate School of Education in 1973 when he was. Um, teaching a course on ethnicity and social policy. And um, while that wasn't my uh, uh, only or primary interest at that point, I was pretty young, I wasn't quite sure what I was interested in, I I, I did know that Nathan Glazer was somebody I I wanted to try to uh, learn from, and I took his seminar, uh, and that was the beginning 
for me, very, very, very important relationship. So I just set forth my little thesis that beyond the melting pot is when uh, Nathan Glazer is really speaking in his own voice. Uh, the lonely crowd has probably got a lot of Reisman in it. Uh, do you agree with that, or do you have another take on that? No, I think I do agree with that. And I think when you characterized his perspective in Beyond the Melting Pot and his assessment of, of um, American society and culture through that lens of ethnicity in New York City uh, in the late 50s and early 60s, that word pragmatic that you use, I think, is, is exactly on target. Um, Matt Glazer um, was somebody who was constantly um, evaluating and reevaluating his understanding of, of, of whatever he was thinking about, not just American society. Um, he, was, he was continually looking at new evidence and looking at things from different perspectives and trying to understand things from, from alternative perspectives. And um, uh, he, he, he did that up till the very end of his life. He was, he was quite amazing that way. Not, not, I would emphasize, in any kind of opportunistic way, uh, the way a politician might do that, but as a, as a really disinterested intellectual and scholar should do that. And, and that's what Matt Glazer did his whole life. Well, you know, there's a lot in the news media about uh, uh, Glazer shifting from being a socialist and a liberal to a neoconservative and then back to somewhere in between. And I'm not so sure about that, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, because it seems to me that Nathan is seeing society change and the thoughts of uh, intellectuals changing over time, and he sort of uh, has a position there that probably hasn't changed so much, but where he locs him, locates himself in the political spectrum is changing because that political sp spectrum has changed, not because Nathan has changed so much. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a pretty fair uh, observation. Um, he, you know, he was a he was a socialist, uh, like a, a, a lot of his peers would have called themselves, uh, you know, in New York City, in and around City College in the, uh, in the, in the 30s and 40s. But he was, you know, first of all, he was never a communist the way somebody like a Philip Selznick was. Um, um, but he was also a rather mild socialist. And he, you know, he talks and has written about in, in 48 how he voted for, I guess, for Norman Thomas. He voted socialist in 1948 and felt felt embarrassed about it, you know, and, and that's, <laughs> um, Matt Glazer was, was, uh, uh, was not somebody to, to, to stake out any kind of hard ideological position, and, and I think um, he, was, he was nimble of mind and of foot, um, and again, not to say he was opportunistic, but he, he was always kind of Trying to find some kind of some kind of mean median position, it seems like Arthur Schlesinger wrote a book around that era in the late 50s, early 60s called The Vital Center. I, Arthur Schlesinger never, I just thought of this, never persuaded me quite that um, uh, he he carved out the Vital Center in that book. But I think in his in his way, Matt Glazer, um, that's what he was about. He was he was he was trying to 
and that would change, and he knew it. Well, you know, one thing that I noticed when I reread the, many of the book reviews in Education Next that Nathan had written, that how careful he was to listen. Uh, that is, in this case, to read and really understand what the author of the book was trying to say. So he summarizes what's in that book uh, more succinctly and with, uh, you understand what that book is really about even better than if you'd read the book itself, I, I felt, uh, many times. And, and then secondly, uh, he always had a comment and observation on, on whatever he reviewed. He didn't just write summaries. And, and when he made these, he often seemed to emphasize, well, that all sounds very great in theory, but will it work in practice? I mean, that, which is this uh, pragmatism you emphasized. Yes, definitely, definitely. And when, when you describe that, um, it, it also reminds me um, that in, in this sense, um, he was very different from many of his colleagues uh, among um, neoconservative intellectuals, uh, a label he wouldn't really uh, embrace. He wouldn't spend a lot of time rejecting it, but I don't think he, 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 ne he never really embraced that label. But his friends from, you know, f over the decades from, from City College, um, they were much more um, opinionated and, uh, I think it's fair to say, often dismissive of people they disagreed with. That was also part of that New York City left sectarian milieu. And, and that was never that way. He was, he, was in, he was really quite remarkably open to all sorts of perspectives. Um, didn't mean he would agree with them, but he, he would really be open to students and individuals who clearly came from a different place than he did and, and, and try, to, try to understand them. Well, you know, I, th I found one review that uh, uh, Nathan uh, wrote the most uh, fascinating uh, of all of them, and that was the review of Samuel Huntington's final book, Who Are We? And uh, knowing Sam, uh, I found it really fascinating that in this book he, he anticipates Donald Trump in some ways. He, he's worrying about the, the migration from Latin America into the United States. He's concerned that the size of the migration will transform American culture in the way the European migrations did not because the Latinos are not really European uh, they're right. not Christian. I don't know where he got that idea, to be honest. But, uh, but Glazer, in the review, uh, I mean, he tells you what the book is about. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but then he says, you know, I think the capacity of America to change people, to make them Americans, is undiminished. So he's, he's much more confident that the United States is going to be able to handle this migration just like it's handled the migrations in the past. Yes, that's that's that that was definitely Nat's position, and his and his disposition, which is part of what you're pointing to in, in reviewing uh, Sam Huntington's book, um, is, is is again kind of telling because um, um, that book was 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 not Sam Huntington's best book. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say, and and he and. Um, while there's much in there, I think that he's he's right about Huntington was. There's much in there that he's wrong about, and and he was fair game. Uh, and everyone, uh, I read so many unfair reviews of that book uh, be 
because it kind of it kind of um, um, it, it, it 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 brought out that side of a lot of people who should have known better um, to be so uh, you know cavalier about Huntington's thesis, which again you know was I think in great part wrong. But that's not Nat's style. Nat would have been you know was the guy to just deal with it. Tell tell. Relate, relate to what the book argues and then to, you know, gently but insistently uh, disagree and, and uh, with, with, you know, with, uh, with equanimity and, 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 uh, and respect. And that, that, was his, that was his style. Yeah, yeah I, I agree completely. But, but then I look at what he had to say about re- race relations in the review of James Ryan's book on racial integration. And uh, there he says something that I think is really quite pessimistic. He, he says, well, desegregation of our schools is a good idea and we should do more of it, as Ryan was advocating. But he says, in the end, is there any escape from the reality that the improvement of educational outcomes for a large section of the black population will have to take place if it is to come about at all? And let me stress that, if it is to come about at all, must take place in schools with a black majority. Now, is, it seems to me that Glazer is less optimistic that the, that the United States is, is going to be able to solve its racial problem and its, and its multicultural problem. Yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar with what, um, with, with what you just read, but it doesn't surprise me um, or his response to it um, because um, Nat was a meliorist, right? I mean, I don't think he thought things were going to get a whole lot better uh, in any in any number of realms of life, but he didn't think they were going to get a whole lot worse either. Um, and one can disagree with that, uh, but if one wants to understand the man, he was. Um, uh, I, I don't think he ever, and this is why clearly I don't think he ever was very much of a socialist. Um, and I think when he was a socialist, was under the influence, he'd be the first to tell you, of Zelig Harris, you know, the linguist at, at Penn that he studied with. Um, but um, he, he, he was one who just uh, didn't, um, didn't see uh, American society or human society making huge advances. Uh, there would be, you know, tinkering and, 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 and improvements. Uh, but he... Um, he was he was pretty limited in, 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 in terms of what he expected for change, um, and um, that 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 that's definitely a strain of, of, of his thought as well. Um, um, and of course, that, again, that's one of the things he would constantly raise with people on the left, uh, particularly when he was younger. Um, yeah. Now, now there's one area where I find him really taking a pretty clear, definite position that's somewhat different from his other a way of, of treating topics and issues, and that's when it comes to what should you teach in school. And uh, he's very critical of a book by a Yale pediatrician, James Comer, who's very well known. Uh, he he's, uh, he's started a school that focused on building relationships and sort of saw that as the solution to the uh, achievement problem in the black community. Uh, and Glazer says, well, building relationships is just fine. Thank you very much. But what is being taught in the school? And again and again, he, 
supports uh, Edie Hirsch, who says, you know, you've got to teach uh, history and you've got to teach English and you've got to teach science. And, you know, if you're not teaching the, the actual subject matter that's so important to our civilization, you're, you don't, you're not doing what needs to be done in school. And, and Glazer supports that position every single time he writes. Yeah, um, for sure. But then, interestingly enough, when it comes, when, when, he, when he has to deal with multiculturalism um, and the, the, his, his, his grappling with that culminates with the book, we're, you know, we're all multiculturalists now, um, that, that, that's kind of in tension with that position. I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, undercutting uh, that kind of emphasis on what's being taught and the importance of what's being taught. But it certainly, it certainly collides with it, I think. Um, and again, I'm, I, I mean, I'm not in the mood to raise that as a criticism of Matt, but it, it, it is, I think, one of the, another way in which his efforts to kind of deal with things kind of on the ground as they are is he's, he's constantly in some kind of uh, almost explicit tension with what he's, with, with what he's putting forward at, 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 at a given point in time. Well, I think he would, uh, he would resolve that apparent contradiction by saying, well, we've got to broaden out our, our definition of the great heritage that uh, we want to pass on to the next generation to acknowledge the outstanding contributions of, of all the cultures that uh, are represented in our society. And so, yes, maybe it is a little bit different than how I would have articulated it uh, 50 years ago, but it's, it's, the fundamental point is the same. Yeah, that's fair enough, uh, in which case I might disagree with him and say I think he was too optimistic about w w where that was going to go, but fair enough, fair enough in terms of trying to understand the integrity of his own thought, yeah. Well, um, we, uh, we, we certainly do uh, miss uh, his, uh, his regular contributions uh, here at Education Next, and I'm sure you dearly miss uh, a very good friend. Well, thank you, uh, Peter, for joining me on the Education Exchange to uh, reflect on the life and accomplishments of uh, Nathan Glazer. Well, it's been my pleasure, and um, I take great pride in 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 in, um, in the fact that you are, you know, that you're paying my my mentor really uh, such uh, such uh, such an honor because he certainly deserves it. Thank, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Peter. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education Next website.